Hello, horror fans. It's your boy, Jed Donaldson, back again with Selling the Scream. You know it. You love it. Uh, it's the podcast that's the best podcast about horror movies. Uh, I think I'm I think I'm okay at saying that. I think, yeah, we're probably the only one. Um, you know, with me, as always, is uh, is my buddy, the Josh Yoakum. How you doing, Josh? I, I am doing well. I'm... Is that... Is that maybe a wrestler I'm just unfamiliar with, or it sounds vaguely familiar? Uh, you know, it's. I think it is. I don't know. Maybe it's just. Uh, maybe I just want to put some respect on the name. Oh well, if that's the case, then yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. I told I, you they weren't all gonna be wrestlers. <laughs> You're just surprising me like 37 episodes in one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you gotta keep it fresh. <laughs> I'm I'm doing well. How are you? You know, I'm I'm not doing so bad. Other than this this weird weird sense of deja vu, like like we talked about this movie already for like an hour twenty. I just I don't understand where that's coming from. That's funny. I don't record that. I, I mean, recall that. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> ah, I see what you did there. Yeah. yeah we, so, we, we we won't point any fingers here, but um. No, I'll. You know, I <laughs> two thumbs and didn't hit the record button last time we tried this. This guy. <laughs> yes, we, we, we did talk through this one already, but, you know, I think I think the, we, we got enough to go through on, and we made a promise, a promise to our listeners to um, to, to get back to this and, and to finish it out, and all, all three of you. So I, I will go ahead and say that um, we probably will say jokes that josh and i have already heard but i guarantee that i will laugh just as hard the second time as i did the first time and you won't be able to tell the difference okay i, I i'm now expecting you to play like the the tightest laughing from final fantasy 10 the, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> see that would require a lot more effort on production than i'm willing to put into this show <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, we did this once already. We're going to do it again because we gotta, gotta keep the fans happy. Um, that was like the, um, the windows nine of podcasts about house of the devil. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Fair. Um, so yeah, Josh just said the, the movie that we're doing this week is called house of the devil. It's a 2009 movie that, uh, I guess really tries to pay homage to the, Movies from the 80s. Um, so it's, it's really kind of got a retro feel to it. Uh, so it's a real, sl- real, real, real slow burn. Maybe the slowest thing we've done so far oh, yeah. on the show. Um, and, and, and you know, you know what does it for me, baby? It, is, it, 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 it establishes that geography. It takes a long time showing you ins and outs of rooms, doors <laughs> opening, closing, hallways. That's that's my uh, that's my sweet spot. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you you cranked one out several times to this <laughs> this movie. Uh, I wish Jocelyn Donahue would get out of the way so I can look at that hallway. <laughs> <laughs> Three bathrooms in this house. <laughs> and I know where they all are in relation to each other. Oh man! If I was there, I'd have no problem going to the toilet. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're gonna do it again. Um, I. I, I <laughs> You know, I, I watched this one. It was available on Shutter and on Tubi. 
And uh, Shutter is the much better service. I want to support them. Um, high definition version of this movie, no commercial interruptions. Um, two more button presses away. So obviously I watched this on on Tubi. <laughs> um, well, I mean that makes perfect sense because who the fuck are you trying to impress? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's uh, with with uh, is, was my finger gonna be a little stronger? Like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, not like you're trying to get in shape for swimsuit season. <laughs> I got to break a sweat watching a movie. So I, I, I watched it with uh, commercials. I mean, I think hearing you talk about like the YouTube recommended videos, just what commercials they're throwing at me was, was catching my eye a little bit more often. And one of them is one that I've seen before several times. And I, I always have the same visceral reaction to this commercial where it's a, a nanny who's like, I am a nanny and I've got these busy kids, so I don't have a lot of time for cooking. And it's a, it's an Eckridge smoked sausage commercial. And she's like, so here's my, my quick recipe. And then immediately produces like five ingredients with like 15 steps. So, and I'm just like, bitch, you know, back this up. Right. Yeah. We're not busting out egg wash for smoked sausage. <laughs> Your pre-cut cookie dough, like my what now? <laughs> we put cookie dough on your sausages. For? Oh, I'm sorry, it was, the, it was the pizza dough that she was doing. But but you know what? Just made the recipe better. Just made the recipe better. I mean, it makes it interesting at least. <laughs> You're just talking about like gussied up pigs in a blanket or a hot dog and crescent roll. That doesn't sound all that exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Which the, you know what, like. Yeah, you could you could buy it. You can get that mix out of a can. Like you don't gotta. I saved you a step. I saved you eight steps. <laughs> we're, we're not making our pizza dough from scratch. <laughs> but the the other one that just killed me. I'd never seen this one before. Was for the um the Ring app. The 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 doorbell like camera that yeah. shows you when somebody's there. And it was basically all these people just like getting turgid catching people at their doorbell who are not supposed to be there just screaming into their phones that's not your house buddy like and it's just the most milk toast people getting this power trip from like scaring away like a scooby-doo burglar from their house <laughs> all these tiny screen batmans <laughs> hiding behind their cell phones <laughs> like are we when did Ring become that like company from uh, from RoboCop that's like electrocuting people on their, with the burglar alarm, with the car alarm? <laughs> Come that's on, man! Step, right? <laughs> you you take my Amazon package. The next step is somebody comes to take your Amazon package, and a little doll on a tricycle rides out from around the corner. Like <laughs> Ring wants to know if you'd like to play a game. <laughs> it's a very well mannered serial killer. Oh man. I'm just the messenger. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh watch the watch jigsaw app. <laughs> I, I, I think I I'm not the hugest Saw fan, but I, I think I would have to install that. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, I, now I want to know what the jigsaw app does. <laughs> <laughs> would you like to play a game? <laughs> Pretty, pretty self-explanatory. Just click yes. Um, <laughs> Ask and answer, I guess. <laughs> and then it's just it's just Candy Crush. It's just a it's it's an app that takes you to your games. It's just 
first the jigsaw po- doll pops up and asks if you'd like to play it. I think there might be a market for that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, on on to uh, the House of the Devil. We might get a little loopy on this one, folks. I, I apologize in advance. Yeah, we're we're just trying to rehash all this old material, <laughs> trying out the second time, <laughs> working some new bits in. <laughs> So this is um, Ty West made this movie, who is from the uh, same mumble gore group that did uh, Your Next, uh, a, a, a Jed Donaldson favorite. Yeah. Yeah, I like um, it a lot. Ty West is even in that movie. He's Tariq. He's the the first guy that gets killed with the with a crossbow bolt. The the indie filmmaker, underground film festivals. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it commercials? <laughs> Um, no, that's that's what uh, what they liked. You know, what's, what, yeah. you know what's really good it's, nowadays. <laughs> it was documentaries. <laughs> um, so Ty West did uh, two super low budget horror movies before this, um, produced by podcast favorite Larry Fassenden. Love him. Uh, have not seen these two. I've heard good things about his second one, The Roost, which is a uh, bat creature feature where like people are hiding out and get attacked by by bats. Um, that got him noticed by a major studio and got him tagged to do uh, a sequel to the wildly popular Cabin Fever. He did Cabin Fever 2, Spring Fever. Um, I, I haven't seen this one. Um, I've seen the original. I'm not the hugest Eli Roth fan. It might be my favorite Eli Roth movie, which is like damning the faint praise, but... Right. Yeah, um, it's, it's that's like the, the torture porn stuff that I just, I don't... I don't think that I would be into that at all. Like that's that seems like just a bridge too far for me to to go I, to. I I agree with you on Hostel, and I think a lot of his other stuff after that, like Green Inferno, um, Cabin Fever is a little bit more um, evil deadish. But if like none of the characters were likable, it's uh, it's it's got comedy in it. It's just not. It's 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 gross and weird, and you hate everybody. Um, which is my favorite Eli Roth movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> Man, that that praise is getting fainter by the minute. <laughs> I, it, he's he's not my favorite. Um, but like uh like Karen Kasama, um, Ty West really didn't like working with the studios because they they basically knew what movie they wanted Cabin Fever two to be before he even got there and basically right. all of his, his contributions they hired anybody to do it <laughs> yeah and at, by the end of making it he was like hey i want to take my name off this uh apparently director's guild of america of which he was not a member says ah, ah, ah that's a that's a special privilege like if you if <laughs> you, you gotta pay your dues if you want to get <laughs> <laughs> which i you know i that that does seem like a weird thing to sell the prestige of your institution on <laughs> You plan on releasing some real stinkers? Like, come come join our prestigious organization. This exclusive club that will allow you to, to not take credit for crap. Um, but that left a sour taste in his mouth because he couldn't bill it to Alan Smithy. Um, and he went to make another indie. Um, kind of quickly turned out a script and put together funding for it. And it ended up becoming a cult hit. And that's what we got here. Um the house of the devil it's a like you mentioned it's a it's a throwback to the 80s um and like kind of specifically 
he's our age, so he would have been like, he was getting into horror like in the late 80s, early 90s as like an 8 to 10 year old kid. And he was going to go rent movies that had come out that he'd never heard of, that he was just seeing like the the box art for. And um, that had come out like five years earlier. So it's this kind of like little kid interpretation of those movies. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's (laughs) my (laughs) earliest memory of going to a video store is that exact thing because I didn't fucking know what movies were out. <laughs> I just wandered the shelves until I found a, a cover box that looked in- interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So you, and, and sometimes you would get something like the that fucking weird Mark Twain movie that was like a, like a nightmare with that claymation one. <laughs> <laughs> God, I haven't thought about that in forever. <laughs> what the hell was that called? Oh, I forget now. I'm mean, it's gonna it's gonna bug me. I'll I'll when we drop the episode, I'll put it like in the comments down below. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna search while you're uh, while okay. we're talking here. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I, I you would you would go into the store, you would see what cover boxes caught your eye, or uh, in the case of House Two, would make you run screaming and tear out of the horror section, <laughs> which I had no business being in at that age. What was I even doing there? Uh... <laughs> it's Adventures of Mark Twain or something like that, right? Something like that, yeah. And it's he meets the devil. And the devil's like, it's this claymation thing. Yeah. Um, watching that. Yeah, it's the Avengers of Mark Twain. I remember watching that in school. <laughs> like if, that if, was that was like the, the substitute teacher came in or <laughs> into the school year or whatever. And they're like, oh, well, I got no lesson plan today. Let's watch this nightmare. <laughs> I, I, I feel like if we have any younger people in, in our audience that it, growing up in the 80s would be like. According, well, to the, according to the demographics, <laughs> nobody younger than us watches this, listens to this show. But, like, if they happen to, um, <laughs> it, it would be like, you know, you go to school and they just read you creepypasta stories. <laughs> like, well, yeah. you got a, got a substitute today. Teacher's a little it's, hungover, so we're just going to... It's weird, because you'd think Adventures of Mark Twain would be something related to his actual, like, literary achievements. No. And I don't <laughs> recall any of his stories where he meets the fucking devil. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, in this one, Ty West puts together a, a really good cast that, that is evocative of that time period. He also shooting on 16 millimeter film, which is, um, kind of one of the indulgences of, of this lower budget movie, but the look look and feel of this movie are like, they nail it. It's, it's tremendous. It feels exactly like that type of movie. Yeah, it's it's 16 millimeter and like most people now shoot on digital. And it's like it's a real shame that kind of as technology has gotten better, movies have looked look worse because film is is just great. It's just it's expensive to make and it's it takes time consuming and nobody does it (laughs) except for a select few people. Um, I think uh, was it. Ryan Johnson or, or the person who did the um, the uh, the film work on like Knives Out might have a thing or two to say about that because he, <laughs> well, he did a lot of a lot of work with uh, digital stuff to emulate. Uh, I, it's got it's gotten better. There yes. there are I'm not saying that there are no digital movies that look good. I'm saying that there's there's a there's a quality they've yet to nail down. I think that movie looked good, but it didn't look like film. And I think digital can look good in different ways too. But I think that um, as far as like replicating how light behaves, 
Yeah. It's it, it just you can't you can't beat it yet. <laughs> um, I, it's it's getting pretty close. Uh, but you are right. It's like yeah. it's extra steps. <laughs> yeah. And it's you know if you can get that close without having to lug around giant canisters and have them developed, like yeah, why why wouldn't you? Um, he got uh some a great cast uh, and a lot of folks who were in a lot of these 80s movies. You, you get D. Wallace um, from The Howling and E.T.'s mom. E.T.'s mom's got it going on. <laughs> should say Elliot's mom. She'll always be E.T.'s mom in my heart, though. <laughs> no, but E.T.'s mom works better for the joke because it's kind of like that song. <laughs> um, you have Tom Noonan as the uh, the creepy Mr. Ullman who was in... Um, Manhunter, he was the original, like, Hannibal Lecter villain, um, Dollar Eyed from that. Um, he's in Wolfen, he's, like, in a shitload of mainstream movies, too, usually pay, playing, like, a, a heavy, because he's a tall guy. Like, he's in, he's in Heat. Um, That's, what does that have to do with him being tall? I mean, that he can play a heavy, that he's, he's a, a physically intimidating presence. No, I mean, like, you said he was in Heat, like an animal. <laughs> Well, you know, he was in Wolfen. <laughs> uh, third base. Um, he also has Mary Warnoff in it, who uh, she was, uh, she plays Mrs. Ullman, um, member of Andy Warhol's group in Greenwich Village, like huge in the art scenes, like real super avant-garde and um, also in a bunch of 80s horror stuff, like Eating Raoul and Chopping Mall. She's in kind of this kind of stuff that's a little bit on the more on the fringes. Um, and then, you know, not, not as, as big of a get at the time. Cause it was just somebody that they knew that they made movies and stuff with was Greta Gerwig. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the, the big names that I recognize from, <laughs> from the credits. Yeah. Lady Bird herself. Uh, Miss, Miss Frances Ha. Uh, yeah, she's, she's in this as the, the like best friend sidekick to our, to our heroine who has had a decent career after this been in a few things i kind of wish she was in more lead performances that and got a little bit more noticed um jocelyn donahue as her as her lead was but yeah i think i think she does a a pretty good job here not, maybe not like spectacular but certainly worth uh getting work from <laughs> yeah and i think especially because we're gonna get into what the story is but the, i mean for for Basically, the entire act of this movie, she's by herself, and it's you're only seeing her, so she's got a the lion's share of yeah. of what this movie is. That she's a lot of heavy lifting. Yeah. Um, Jed, you had you had mentioned that it's it's slow. So my my sell to you on this one, which uh, a movie I fully admit is is very slow, maybe a little bit more akin to to my speed of glacial paced movies than yours, um, <laughs> is that this fits the, the Hitchcockian definition of suspense. I think it's a, a near perfect example of that. Right. So I, I know what that is, but why don't we uh, just, you know, for the, for the listener, maybe tell them what that is. Yeah, sure. Um, so Hitchcock differentiated between mystery and suspense and um, mystery he maintained is when the characters know something that you don't as the audience. So um, in a, in a mystery story, one of the criminals knows that they did something. It's the the audience and the investigator character do not know. And they're kind of the fun is figuring it out along the way. 
Um, suspense is the opposite of that. Suspense is you know something that the characters are unaware of. Uh, and the example he gave was um, if a bomb is set to go off after 15 minutes after this interview starts uh, and it's the audience can see it's on minute 14 and they see it's under the table and we don't know and that clock is ticking up and ticking up, that that's where the meat of that lives. That's, that's the most important part and that the actual release, the explosion, the bomb going off is completely secondary. Right. So. Yeah, because if, if the bomb just went off, it wouldn't mean anything. But the fact that you don't the fact that you have to wait for it to happen and you know it's going to happen is, is the whole thing. Yeah, it's that it's it's stringing you along. You know the bad thing is coming. And I think it does this movie executes that really well. And it's it takes it it luxuriates in it and it lives in it. Um Oh boy does it. <laughs> um but I, I think I think the payoff is good and I think especially that buildup getting there is really good. And um, it's, it's a, it's a real simple plot. Um, again, it's, it's inspired by those, those eighties slashers, like specifically the subgenre of the babysitter in peril. Um, yeah. You immediately like very top of the movie before we even actually get to anything, they really kind of hammer home exactly what this thing is going to be about when they, uh, they reference the satanic panic. Oh yeah. That's um, right up top. They, they, they drop all that. Um, they, they have the, the tight, I, I was hoping this would sell you in the same way that, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre got your attention by just flashing some complete bullshit on the screen <laughs> just to get you in. Um, but it, it says like during the 1980s, over 70% of American adults believed in the existence of abusive satanic cults. Another well, see, the, th- like the difference between this and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is like, I knew about the satanic panic because it's a real thing. It's a legitimate thing that happened. I wasn't sure if what was going on at the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was real or not. Yeah. And it's, um, I mean, I, <laughs> so I, I grew up in the South and, um, it, you know, I think my immediate family wasn't like super religious. So I didn't touch, I didn't have like the satanic panic in my family, but there was definitely like on the periphery growing up, like you kind of had to be careful because there were people who, if they found out that you were into Dungeons and Dragons, like you would have to go see the guidance counselor and talk to them about it. (laughs) Yeah. Like when I never, this was like out of my experience. What's like completely, I knew there was a thing called the satanic panic. Um, and, but I didn't really learn about what exactly it entailed until, you know, kind of after the whole thing was over with, um, it, yeah, my grandmother was religious, but never, never touched on it in this this way. Um, I never had any sort of run-ins with people who were, you know, kind of pitching this <laughs> this real, you know, kind of conspiracy stuff. Um, I I never it, it never affected me at all. Like I I never had any sort of run-ins with people who were convinced that this was a real thing. Well, it's, it's funny because, like, again, growing up in the South, I, it was is kind of on the periphery. Um, like, there was definitely, like, evangelical folks I talked to who were, like, super into it, who would, like, pull you aside when you were, you know, by yourself at a festival, a fair or something. There would be, like, mm-hmm. a, a Christian booth set up, and your dumb friend wandered in. You'd go in to get him. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you had somebody, like, talking to you about the devil and the lake of fire for, like, like 40 minutes. Um, picking, up, picking up chick tracks? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I had, had those too. Um, Dude, those those were like some of my favorite things. Like I was a real big reader and just <laughs> walking around and finding those things left on park benches or being handed out at fairs and stuff. I was like, oh sweet comics. <laughs> like oh. Oh, this one's Christian. <laughs> like, I wasn't even aware that I was being like, like propagandized. <laughs> I was just reading these things like, man, these are fucking good stories. Well, the, the funny thing is it wasn't until I moved to suburban Ohio that I actually like had somebody trying to convince me that it was like the real deal. I had a, a it was a, and it was a, <laughs> I was a depressed teenager going to go see my therapist. And I, I don't remember how this, the topic of Satanism came up, but I was just, I think we were just talking about religion in general. And I was just like, yeah, well, like there's the Satanists and they're basically just like hedonists, right? They're just like, you know, they, they kind of, they don't really believe in the devil. They believe in, you know, living your life for carnal pleasures, which I (laughs) believe is a pretty accurate take on it. (laughs) But no, my, my therapist was like, Oh no, Oh no, they are not. There were, there are real missing persons cases and there are these hidden cults. And it's, it's very QAnon ish, by the way. <laughs> it's, it's, it... <laughs> so, so that was the last time you saw that therapist, right? Because <laughs> uh... <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not what they're supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that, that was the, par- the therapist that my parents really liked. And I was just like, um, guys. <laughs> Did you tell them about this? I, I'm pretty sure I did. And they were just like, oh, yep, that's just some people believe that. <laughs> okay. All right, moving on. <laughs> so, yeah, moving on. Um, I, I really hoped that opening crawl helped, helped offset the other component that's very reminiscent of a um, of a movie that we've done that you did not enjoy. Um, that the babysitting job is not for a child. It's for the mysterious old woman upstairs that that she does not see and and that's uh i i, I know you had some strong feelings about burn offerings so. yes, I, I know i know that you are taking that as a like like that was the big thing that turned me off about that movie <laughs> i have nothing against uh you know watching women upstairs grandma. i fucking hate old women <laughs> damn it no i have nothing against watching uh watching ghost old ladies <laughs> I feel like there could be a good movie that's based around that. I mean, I haven't seen the evidence of it yet, but. <laughs> okay, let's, let's let's get into the movie. Um, so Jocelyn Donahue plays a babysitter. She's broke. She's in college. She's um, trying to get a new apartment so she can move out of a bad living situation with her roommate. Uh, tries to get a, a, a babysitting job to help pay for that because she sees it up a, a, a flyer with uh, help wanted. Um, and did you, did you enjoy this opening phone call bit as a, as a horror movie kind of trope, a, a red flag going off that she seems to kind of ignore? Oh yeah. I, she, she makes the <laughs> phone call. Um, she doesn't get an answer. Uh, leaves a message on the machine. She's at a pay phone, which that right there dates it. Where do they even find one of those things now? <laughs> 2009. <laughs> they had to cart it out there. Like the last, the last pay phone. <laughs> Set decoration did a great job on that. So yeah, she she makes the phone call, um, leaves the message. And they linger on the on the the framing of the scene. This has the phone call up in the upper left hand corner, and she's walking, uh, you know, away from the camera. And as she gets kind of like you know ten fifteen feet away, the phone rings. 
So she comes back to pick it up and it is uh it's her babysitting job calling to let her know that they're interested. <laughs> yeah, just, she uh, does ask, like, how did you get this number? And they just kinda brush right by it. Yeah, don't don't worry about that. <laughs> this is this is pre Star sixty nine or caller ID, so like she gave her a different number. She gave her, her her number that's in her dorm room. Yeah, her dorm room number. Um, and we we find out why she kind of wants to move out. Her her roommate has uh, got the the sock on the door. She's with with her feller. Um, <laughs> Come on, it's morning. <laughs> and then you you know you do get the uh, they they are different people when you do get to see them finally in the same room together. Yeah, it's, um, a, it's a real odd couple situation. Dorm <laughs> <laughs> room. Why painted down the middle? <laughs> yeah, that's like. I wouldn't have been surprised to see it. <laughs> yeah, like her side's very neat and organized, and the and the roommate's got like all her stuff everywhere. And like, you know, I get how the how much of a bummer it is to have a neat yeah. freak roommate who's trying to come in while you're having sex. Like, yeah. man, I, I I'd want her out bitch. too. <laughs> um, no, I, I absolutely would have wanted to yeah you understand why she wants to get out of the situation she's yes. in that's just they're two completely different personalities and it's un- completely understandable that she wants to leave yeah um so the uh she, she ends up going to meet with her friend and kind of like commiserate a little bit and uh, this is Greta Gerwig as Megan, um, and Sam is our main character. She's she's the um, the person trying to get the babysitting job, uh, and and there we get one of our our, our first uh, nasty pizza. <laughs> yeah, lots of nasty pizza in this movie. This is the first one. Um, also, I think uh, one thing that stood out about the scene was there is a lot of finger sucking <laughs> in this in this particular pizza parlor. Uh, I think more fingers are in mouths than pizza is in mouths. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, it's how nasty the pizza is. Um, yeah, that's that's often, you know, when I'm eating bad food, I want to get as much of that taste off my fingers as possible. <laughs> it's the the old, you know, I, I hate to use this joke, but it is a, a fucking good one. It's the Woody Allen joke. The This food is so bad and the portions are so small. <laughs> Yeah, but Megan is trying to make her feel better. She's telling her that the, the, the this guy who stood her up on this babysitting gig, like she went to go wait for him and he never shows um, that, you know, he sucks and, you know, something something will happen and don't worry about it. And she's we, we find out like for sure later on that she's wealthy. She's like, oh, you're never going to be homeless. Um, she, she's doing her doing her best to to make yeah. her friend feel okay like she to not worry um because she's very concerned that she's not gonna be able to afford this apartment she really yeah. wants it and really needs to get out of the situation she's in yeah. but she doesn't have any money <laughs> this babysitting job was kind of uh what she was hanging her hopes on um I, I, I do love the um, one of the 80s things here is maybe just the the casual meanness with which Megan says just go to the job postings. There's there's that ham-faced girl there that runs it. <laughs> <laughs> Just a fucking casual roast. <laughs> we don't even see that girl. I don't. I like. I. You can't just throw out a ham-faced girl without showing the ham face. 
<laughs> but I do like uh, Megan here. We get a, a little setup and payoff too, where she's um, like, oh, do you know what we should do? Because this guy was such a dick to you. Like we should go around and pull down all the babysitter wanted flyers so that uh, nobody else uh, calls him back. And uh, we find out later on, like, after she does get the callback that Megan had done just that. And I, I do love the callback of the, we had a really great idea. This <laughs> <laughs> is we, we did this. this is not, not me. It wasn't my idea. It was our idea. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the, um, the roommate does take again, again, I like this. I mean, like this roommate, maybe a little bit more than Sam does. Cause she, she takes a note for her and puts it over by her pens or something about the, the, Babysitter calling back the uh, the babysitting job calling back. <laughs> right. No uh, no time frame for when the call actually came in, and <laughs> I couldn't we... tell you exactly where the number is, but it's over there somewhere. So chill out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we get um some some more red flags popping up here as it's it's got to be tonight, and he'll pay double. Uh, they had another another person and uh, fell through. Yep. Um, I, I do want to talk to, too about, the, I think, the, I think the music in this movie is really good. Um, I'll not, agree with you on that. Yeah. I think the, the needle drops are great. And I think the, um, the, the score is also fantastic because during those long stretches where there's not a lot happening or it's happening very slowly, the music is there to kind of let you know, what to think and what to feel. <laughs> it, it does a really good job. Yeah, I mean, you don't have another actor in the scene. It's yeah. just her, like, the entire time. So having someone else there to kind of... The music is almost like another performer in that regard. <laughs> New York plays itself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but our, our first big needle drop is here, uh, which is the the Greg Kind Band, um, when Megan's going to pick her up and... and Take her out there because because Sam doesn't have a car. Um, playing the the great kind band breakup song. Uh 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 uh. Um, <laughs> yeah, that does it justice. <laughs> <laughs> Their other big hit was a song that I didn't even know was theirs, and I heard the Weird Al version first, and I thought it was a Weird Al original. The um, Weird Al song, I Lost at Jeopardy, is, is, a, is a parody of one of their songs. <laughs> I, I don't know that I've heard the original. I've only heard Weird Al's version. <laughs> that's a rarity. Like, that's it's like, huh, digging deep in that well, huh, Al? <laughs> I think, I think um, both of the kind of the, the big songs that are played in this movie, um, I recognize the song, but if you had asked me who the artist was or what the song name was, I yeah. would not have been able to tell you. Well, yeah, it's definitely like some of the better cuts off of those like eighties compilation tracks because they're, this is still a low budget movie, man. They're not, they're, they're not, they're not getting thriller. <laughs> no, I think, I think the music's great. I, I yeah. really do like those two songs. I, I, they, they, like I said earlier, they, they really hit the feel of those movies. Yeah. Um, and they're not playing it for like nostalgia. They really want to kind of put you in that place. So you're not getting like, um, I'm completely blanking on like what type of like wedding singer type stuff. Yes. Uh, the, those, those big name songs, uh, or that type of, that type of feel where they're just kind of, you know, they're, 
they're like winking at the camera like yeah this is the yeah. 80s remember the 80s it's it's not remember the 80s it's this is an 80s movie they're they're wearing a members only jacket not ironically like right. <laughs> they're wearing it because that's what the character would wear or something like it's um you know or in this case acid wash jeans um, right and, and, and some big hair and just a lot so of casual smoking. definitely more big hair than <laughs> um but we get uh one of the other things that's been going on in the background TV forecasts about the and radio about the eclipse tonight's big and, eclipse and like just posted on the bulletin board <laughs> <laughs> next to the help wanted uh, babysitter wanted signs yes. eclipse posters um so Megan drives her this is all taking place in in Connecticut um before she's going where they go to rural Connecticut upstate which um Always small states having an upstate and a downstate always makes me laugh. It's always like, you know, like the that bit in the jerk, like, how's Naven doing? Hey, Naven, how you doing? I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, like, what are you driving 15 minutes down the highway? <laughs> but this is described as the middle of Jabib, which I don't, I don't think is racist, but sounds racist. It's it, it definitely sounds like something. I, I don't know what it would be, but it definitely sounds like something. I love the detail of the, I had to look at a map. <laughs> um, or cell phones. They didn't have, you know, yeah. Google maps where they just tell you, tell you how to get there. So this was the days that were Bing only. Ask <laughs> Pre-Google, Bing only. When Bing ruled the earth. <laughs> Um, but this, oh, no, this may be pre-Bing. It might be Ask Jeeves. <laughs> Alta Vista. <laughs> and um, what else? What else can we come up with that, that dates us a little more? <laughs> oh boy. Um. So Megan ends up like volunteering to stay. She's like, I won't eat their food, which she ends up eating their their nasty bowl of candy they've got out. <laughs> I I love that she goes for that first piece. Hates it and then said, well, "What else is in here?" <laughs> but they they pull up to this like very big intimidating mansion. Um, but you know they drive a Volvo and it's only safe people drive Volvos. Right. <laughs> I mean, perfectly sound deduction. Um, and we get introduced to the the Almonds here, who um, are at least Mr. Almond first. Um, and I, I do love how he's introduced because he's he's already a, a very tall guy, and they have him on the the step up as he meets them so his like hand is at their head level <laughs> right yeah I, I thought this was, i thought this was another like uh um, phantasm tall man situation he's he's enormous in this in this first uh introduction shot um yeah he's still tall but he's not that big <laughs> <laughs> I, wasn't that your complaint about the tall man as well he's, he's not even that tall <laughs> it might have been <laughs> I think when you bill yourself as the tall man, it needs to be extraordinary. <laughs> I'm talking um, like like stilt legs sort of thing. But, but this if, is where... If you're, if you're not going to give me that, then you can't call yourself the tall man. Um, he, the, Mr. Ullman pulls Sam aside, and he, he basically clarifies first that, that Megan's not staying there. It's just he's, uh, he's just offering this job to one yeah. person, and I, then... I love how uh, how smoothly he does it, too. He brings them both in the house. They both sit yeah. down on the couch. He talks to them for, like, I don't know, 
30 you, seconds and then says, clips. can I talk to you in the other, mo- in the other room alone? <laughs> Just you. <laughs> you girls live in the best place to see the eclipse. Oh, are you a, an, uh, an astronomer? <laughs> not, not exactly. <laughs> it's, it's almost, almost on the level of a uh, big gulps, huh? Well, <laughs> see you later. <laughs> But I, I, I legitimately like how calmly um, Tom Noonan plays this role because he, he, anytime he makes like a sudden move, he's like apologizing for it. It's just like it's too calm. It's, oh, didn't mean to scare you. Didn't mean to scare you there. Um. He's, he's definitely, um, definitely trying to present a very non-threatening front. Yes. <laughs> um, the um. So he takes her into the other room, basically explains that it's not going to be a child. It's going to be his wife's mother and that she's very independent and doesn't need a lot of help. And it's not what you think. And yeah, she's he basically says, yeah, so we need you here to look after my mom or my my mother-in-law. Um, but you don't really need to look after her. She take care of herself. I <laughs> merely tries to unsell her on this job as soon as she gets there. Well, I think he's trying to get her to agree to stay, but also not you know, realize know, there's not a baby in the house. It's and, just oh, a weird so way to do it. It's like, I know we hired you for a babysitting job. There's not a baby. There's an old lady. Uh, but you're not going to see her or have to do anything. So just sit in my house <laughs> for a couple hours. Well, he kind of presents it as like, oh, it's it's my wife is more concerned that about her mother. Like, I'm not as concerned about this or whatever. Yeah. Uh, she's like be- in better shape than I am because he's also got um, like a physical ailment. His leg is he's he walked, walked the cane. Walked the cane. He's yeah. kind of gimpy. <laughs> is that okay to say? <laughs> We're just saying he's like the character of the gimp from Pulp Fiction. That's uh, <laughs> specifically like that character. Yeah, so that's okay to say then. <laughs> um, I do like that she's like, oh, this is still too weird, and it's just like, well, what would it take? Two hundred, three hundred. And this is where we get, like, again, if this was, like, the fairy tale, this is where she she crosses the Rubicon and she throws out, basically, the, the, the rent, 400. Yeah, this was a, this was a bold move, because uh, up to this point, she's been kind of, kind of, uh, like, demure and, and shy and, and not really putting herself out there. And she gets in this situation and feels like maybe she's got a little bit of leverage and she just pounces on it, which yep. is kind of out of character for what we've seen so far. Yeah, and then her uh, her her friend tries to tra- talk her out of this. She's like, "This is. Did you ever stop and think if it's too good to be true? It, it is." Yeah, she's um, she's upset, justifiably so. She says, "Hey, we discussed this and we talked about it. If it if this is weird, then we're leaving. Weird." <laughs> yes, and calling her stupid for doing it, but she's like, "It's it's all my rent." Um, you know, called herself just I'm just your monkey with a cigarette. <laughs> Yeah. Um, the um, so we we get our our inciting incident here coming up. Uh, she drives off and uh, pulls over. She's mad at at Sam and kind of mad at herself for you know uh, letting leaving her there and agreeing to come back. Um, and we get a, we get a little jump scare here. She stops to light her cigarette and she's waiting for her lighter to go off and a wild Crispian appears. We get we get AJ Bowen again from from your next. Yeah, I I recognize the act. Like he looks super familiar, but I didn't realize that's who it was. <laughs> Did you like the cigarette lighter jump scare? <laughs> yeah, not as much as what comes next. 
Uh, yeah, they... kind of getting a little ahead of ourselves, I guess. <laughs> I thought it <laughs> was funny. Quite. Like, uh... <laughs> all right, we'll get there. I thought it was funny that, um, like, she's legitimately like shaken up that this guy just stepped out of basically. She pulled off to the she's side of the nowhere. road, like, middle yeah, of in the middle of nowhere, like off to like the pull, like the the driveway for a graveyard. She pulls in to just kind of collect herself and and get her cigarette lit, and you know, she's angry. And uh, she's sitting there, and this guy, he steps out of basically nowhere, <laughs> offering her a light, and he gets indignant that she's upset. He's like, I'm just trying to give you a cigarette light. I guess fucking crucify me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> what the hell, man? <laughs> guess women don't like nice guys. I'm sure if some big muscular hunk came over and tried to light your cigarette in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, she gets she gets startled and she's like, oh, okay, and then says like, I you know I'm just getting out of here. And through through small talk, the uh, this guy that she met out of the darkness is just like, oh wait, you're not the babysitter. And kablam! <laughs> uh, like headshot, boom, headshot. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think this is a pretty great practical effect and it's it is on screen for like just the right amount of time like it's it's yeah. enough where you, you see the damage but it's it doesn't linger there it's just like right. gets in and out you see enough to be able to fill in a lot of pieces in your head fill in the hole <laughs> you can fill in the hole in your know, head. I, I guess that <laughs> could have phrased that better <laughs> or maybe uh, it was intentional <laughs> we had two I, tries at this all right <laughs> I do like that, you know, he he uh, wastes no part of the buffalo here and takes the cigarette. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's fresh. <laughs> Didn't even get a chance to smoke any of it yet. <laughs> um, the what, what I, I I love, too, that 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 we've already established the stakes. We know that this guy knows that there's a babysitter there. We know that our babysitter's in danger. And then she meets the the the, the missus. They, they still kind of have this her settling in and seeing these kind of warning signs and not reacting to them. And we know something fucking terrible is going to happen. It's also, right. they, they, they've just shown a big, uh, a big warning sign, a, a big red light. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I talk about suspense. The, the character in the movie doesn't know this yet. <laughs> yes. Um, I love how Mrs. Ullman is introduced here too. We see Mr. Ullman, uh, go upstairs and he's he's talking to somebody and and from what he's talked about with his wife it sounds like she's on edge and it sounds like he's upstairs talking to her like trying yeah. to calm down oh he she's great like, he specifically tells our main character yeah. I'm going to go upstairs and get my wife and we'll get ready and and leave you to it and he goes upstairs and his wife comes out of the other side of the house from the basement downstairs area yeah the basement <laughs> um. And, and again, there's the the self doubt on the uh, the main character here. Oh, uh, my friends just say I'm out of lunch. <laughs> out to lunch, like yeah. Um, but yeah, we get like this moment where she's kind of it. it I it, again, I like how they play this, where it's she's asking questions about her, and once you kind of know what the movie is, it's like she's kind of sizing her up for the virgin victim role. <laughs> um, yeah. But she's asking her questions like, oh, I bet the boys just love you. And it's like, oh, and she's just very shy and demure. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's, oh, she's perfect. She tells her husband. Like, um, 
And, and Jocelyn Donahue in this is 28, playing 22 and a young 22. And yeah, I. she totally looks like a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she looks exceptionally young. It's a, it's a great, great casting there. Uh, I mean, you know, professional model. It's, you know, not <laughs> that hard to like, oh, this phenomenally attractive person is <laughs> looks very <Right>. young. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I love to the... Uh, how just how many times Mr. Ullman mentions the pizza? <laughs> right. A pizza, there's twenty dollars in the fridge. Uh, pizza's there, here's great. There's like you know there's been red flags, right? You've, yeah. We've, we've already established that, um, but it's still within the realm of possibility for you know for at least our main character that this is just kind of a, a weird situation. It doesn't necessarily mean that something bad's going to happen. One night. Uh, one he's night. just, he's just awkward enough. Like, yeah, he, he just seems like a, like a weird old guy. <laughs> We've left some, some movies out for you to watch. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Mystic Pizza. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he just, he just hits the pizza thing enough <laughs> times that like, God damn it, Josh. <laughs> he just hits the pizza thing enough that um, having seen the whole movie, you're like, oh, that's what he was doing. <laughs> you have to make sure that she calls that number. Uh, but she doesn't, she doesn't call right away. She she wants to make sure that, see if Megan has gotten home yet. And we get the prank of Kings, the, the ultimate in hilarity in the 80s, the I'm not actually here, but I psyched you out. Uh, phone message. <laughs> yeah, the, the the king of kings when it comes to answering machine humor. <laughs> these these poor kids today, they, they they won't know that that the utter joy of being able to do a bit and leave it for all your all your <laughs> friends and relatives. <laughs> See, I never, I never, I never did that myself. The the like the worst I did was just recording uh corn's ball tongue as my answering <laughs> machine message. <laughs> Which I can only imagine what like uh like telemarketers were thinking. <laughs> um, be greeted with that. Uh, you know, got him, I guess. <laughs> but she does order that that pizza. Yeah. So now we get to the part of the movie where it's just establishing geography. Of the movie. My my uh oh man. Yeah. So how many times did you jerk off here? Uh, well, you know. Um... Or was it just one long sesh? Uh, you just you luxuriated know, I, in it with some candles. <laughs> One step closer to the edge. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she's exploring all these different rooms. She goes and picks out a tune on the on the piano. She plays a little as a heart and soul. Yeah. Um, you know, mine of choice is, is closer, the, uh, the Nine Schnails one. <laughs> oh, was hot crust buns is good, too. <laughs> Um, find some some Raiders of the Ark style uh, Coke bottle glasses and puts those on. Yeah, she she really uh, digs through this uh, this <laughs> this couple's uh, just their pr- private possessions, just <laughs> opening cabinets and drawers yeah. and desks. Like you do, you know. Just oh come on! Every time you go to somebody's house, you don't like rummage through their underwear drawer or check their garbage to see if there's anything interesting in there. I'm maybe not the second time I've. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've I, already seen it once, so. 
I, I adore this the ending bit of this where the uh, she gets into the 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 office that takes up like the whole side of one of the walls and, and and like the camera just zooms out and it's the the pitch black night and it's the window on the side of this enormous house with and the yeah the the room is completely white the window yeah. is basically the entire side of the house and it's just her framed in the middle of this white room with you know the light around her but no other lights in the in the frame it's it's yeah pretty good stuff i think there's some some really cool establishing stuff here with the um just how the, the house is set up and filmed from the outside it's it's filmed like that texas chainsaw house like enormously right. large um yeah it's a real real imposing um right and, and like the the most important thing of all is we we establish the number of bathrooms <laughs> Um, so she's, you know, watching, watching the television news and the movie's about to start and we get the, uh, you know, the newscast, the eighties newscasters getting ready to introduce it before the, uh, it's the guy says like, Oh, stay tuned for our, for our movie. I'll, I'll make us some popcorn. And the, the female newscaster says, I like mine with butter, which is like the most basic bitch response to like, <laughs> it's, a, it's a real hot take. <laughs> you like salt too? Hmm. I mean, you're on TV. You gotta be relatable. <laughs> you eat it with your hands in your mouth too. Me too. You chew, digest, and poop it out also. <laughs> but then we get to you know, as she's starting to kind of settle into this creepy house, and there's a lot of creaks and groans, and she's hearing stray noises. She starts to kind of get settled in after she's explored a bit, and we get our our second. Sick needle drop. Maybe my one of my favorite needle drops in a horror movie ever. She puts on her headphones, bops around the house to a little. That's right, baby. The 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 fixes one thing leads to another. That's uh, this is a super effective sequence, I think. Aw, you, you just you're gonna cut it off. <laughs> I I, I want to walk up to that line of fair use. <laughs> I. I really think we should just leave it playing under the whole rest of the podcast. <laughs> Maybe even future episodes. <laughs> just louder than us. Yeah. <laughs> you have to you have to pick us out of all of a sudden like way more downloads on our podcast this week. <laughs> Give the people what they want. Um yeah, this is a this is an uh, a really fun scene of her just kind of bopping around to this this song uh throughout the house up the stairs really kind of just feeling herself. Yeah, getting getting up on the on the couch even and yeah, with the shoes there. on no less. Whoa, disrespect. <laughs> uh, but but all good things must come to an end, and we she she bumps into uh, some some pottery upstairs, breaks it, and and in the process of cleaning it up, she she makes a discovery. She finds that in the upstairs closet, um, there's coats, the coats that the Mrs. Ullman had said were downstairs. Yeah, she said she was downstairs getting uh, getting her furs, and uh, I mean maybe she just has a lot of furs. This is not necessarily a red flag, Josh. <laughs> but the the other thing that she finds in here is a uh, is is a little closer to one. There's right. that Volvo that they saw outside. There's a bunch of photos of other people, and one of one of them is a photo of that Volvo yeah, with a, a different family. It's a trash bag full of framed photographs um, yeah. <laughs> of other people <laughs> around this house. <laughs> Yes. Um, so she goes out to, to double check on that, and the Volvo's gone. That's what the, the, they they took it, or at least moved it. 
Um, and there's another vehicle in the back. There's a, yeah, I, th- a I think giant... they drove off in the Volvo. Yeah. Um, we get our, a, a conversion van in the back, Satan's van. Right. Um, so, so Jed, we've, we, we've established on prior episodes that you, you, you were a van child. You were, uh, you were part of a van family. Um, I grew up in van culture. <laughs> these are your people. Yeah. Um, they were my parents' people. I was just saying, you know, yeah. I didn't have a choice. I was like <laughs> six. What do you, <laughs> how, how would that, how would that bad boy hold a coat? What would you, what would you put on there? What we put on this van? Oh, it's a nice van. Uh, you know what I really like to see on a van like this is just a nice matte black with like the the Pink Floyd prism and the rainbow coming out of it. I think that'd be really sharp. Man, you know, last time we recorded this, we had a couple different options, but you remembered what the winner was. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, just, I'm cutting yeah, right it's... to the chase. You're really uh, you're really pulling the kimono aside here, Josh. <laughs> that was uh, yeah, that was uh, that's the one. Got it, got it there. Got it in one this time. It took three I last mean, time. It took my two bad I think you, I think you pitched, you pinched, pitched uh, like Frank Frazette art, um, yes, you know, yeah. like wizard or barbarian. I, that'd be fine too. I mean, there's, hey, there's no wrong way. Your van. <laughs> uh, except there are some, and the the real van people will, would step aside and talk about like, can you believe that guy? He showed up. It's just painted like a an issue of Better Homes and Gardens. What's the <laughs> yeah, there, you don't want to be you don't want to be the guy on the out of the the van click when you come to the rally. <laughs> so this this gets uh this gets our, our hero our, our hero a little more nervous. She doesn't know what's going on. She's still still hearing like some bumps. Um, then knife enters the chat. We get a we get Chekhov's knife established here. Uh, I think this is, this is a this is a fair a fair thing. You start to get a little spooky. You. You're you're in a strange place, alone at night. You're hearing some sounds, you're seeing yeah. some things that are kind of making you go, well, I don't know. Uh, you, you grab a weapon, exactly. <laughs> like you're gonna do anything with it. <laughs> it's more likely to be used against you. Um, <laughs> we get we get a little bathroom scare. She goes to go use the restroom, and here's the bump from upstairs. Just there's a lot of little reminders that as as creeped out as she is by being alone. She occasionally remembers she is not alone. There is there is somebody upstairs. Right. Uh, um, and she goes upstairs to even kind of like listen at the door, and she doesn't hear anything when she goes to go listen. But we we get to see as the audience what's on the other side of that door. And what do we what do we got behind uh, door number one? <laughs> we got Volvo family. Yeah. What's left in, of them? <laughs> in a pentagram. Which, um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm no expert, but this looks like ballistic killing to me. The work of Satan, or uh, or his his earthly servants. I mean, yeah, yes, the big guy didn't necessarily have to come down and do this. <laughs> or come up, if you will, for for love of the game, he doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes um, you just gotta get knock the rust off to kind of get back into the game. Now I'm just imagining like like the undercover boss and it's Satan with his cultists, like just wearing like a like a janitor's uniform <laughs> with like a name tag that says like Mitch. <laughs> Did this... Push around one of those uh, those mop buckets. <laughs> Maybe a fake mustache, a fat wig, <laughs> not covering up the horns. Um. Did the, did the doorbell jump scare get you? 
this is the loudest doorbell in the history of cinema. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> so, again, I, I think maybe I know why I got that ring ad. If, 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 you, if she had a ring, she could uh, tell that pizza man, just leave the pizza there! <laughs> Back away from the door! <laughs> yeah, it, she, um, she very quickly gives the pizza man the money, tells him to keep the change, jerks the pizza box out of his hands and shuts the door in his face. You don't even get a chance to see who the pizza man is. You just see hands. They do a lot of hands at doorways in this movie. <laughs> but you do get, after she goes inside and, like, maybe starts to calm herself a little bit, um, we get to see our boy staring up at the moon. It's the it's the, the guy who shot Megan earlier is now the pizza man. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, she's, she's already tried, Sam has already tried to call back Megan again, Megan's not back. She gets worried and just kind of does the panic nine one one call and hang up. Yeah. Um, and we get we get another another famous person. We get uh, Lena Dunham as the nine one one operator, uh, mostly known now for the controversies section of her Wikipedia page. Um, I had no idea this was her. Uh, I think <laughs> may possibly be her strongest performance to date. <laughs> Disappeared it's, into this role. <laughs> This is only for emergencies, ma'am. <laughs> it's real good stuff. Um, but but yeah, Sam goes back and decides to watch that scary movie. And be, like I've told you before, if you're if you're in a horror movie, especially a, a low budget horror movie, and you're watching another horror movie, it's either Carnival of Souls or Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> and here, that's, that's <laughs> I mean. That's cool, but it's, it's still crazy to me. Like, it's something I'm going to have to definitely keep my eyes open for. <laughs> Both public domain, baby. <laughs> um, speaking of which, I this upcoming Friday, I am going to go see The Amusement Park, the uh, lost George Romero movie, which is uh, going to be my first movie back in movie theaters since the pandemic and has, like, his widow is going to be there and the curator of Shudder and Greg Nicotero from Walking Dead, the showrunner there and who worked with George Romero for years. So we're really looking forward to that. That sounds like a great time. <laughs> Ten bucks, too. It was a yeah, pretty, no, that's, that's a pretty crazy, crazy deal. deal. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to go back to the theater for anything, you might as well go back for something special. Yeah, do it big. Um, but now we're starting to get a little bit more of the concrete scares here because she starts to eat a little bit of that pizza there's something off about it so she doesn't eat very much of it it's nasty pizza it's it's nasty but she's also like like feels like a film on her tongue she's like licking her tongue trying to get it off and like rinse something out yeah um and she starts to hear sound from the pipes like a like a chanting um so again she she explores the house a bit more and we get the, the this this jump scare this this bathroom jump scare, did it did it get you? <laughs> this jump scare that should not work, <laughs> but it does. That's, that's how amazing this movie is. It's a it's a hair jump scare. She opens a bathtub and sees hair, and the camera reacts as if it is just like a disemboweled dog. Like it is just like violin screech, camera tilt. <laughs> right, you're you're expecting to see like the most grotesque shit ever inside this bathtub, and it's just hair. But and it's it's there it, shouldn't I, be hair in the bathtub, so yeah, I mean it's, it's, it should be a little weird. weird. <laughs> it's weird, <laughs> and I think it's it it I think treating the small scale stuff like this like that big, it 
it starts to hit more and more as it as it gets closer so the time we actually get to the big stuff i think it works better do we ever establish whose hair this is um i don't i don't think we do i, I would guess it's like the the see now the that's victims, fucking, but... that's fucking with me right now like that's that's actually scary because why hair <laughs> no one in the movie has hair like this no one is trying to disguise their hair mr ullman he's got the devil's pubes <laughs> Um, I mean, that's frightening. <laughs> um, but she finally goes to go like upstairs to the to the attic to check in on on the mother, um, and the she she blows the fuse right at the moment of the total eclipse. Right, and, and then it's real dark. Yeah, and then the um, we start to see movement from behind the door. We see we see feet on the other side from under the crack in the door. And the drugged pizza, because we find out the pizza's drugged, is starting to kick in now. So she's like slowing down and holding her head and having a hard time staying up. And I, I think this is a, a really effective scene. I think the 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 reveal, just the hand of the door opening up, a clawed hand right. opening up and whoop whoop. Womp, womp. <laughs> the flickering candle, the fr- flickering blood moon. It works for me. It's, <laughs> I have nothing to add. It's it's pretty solid. <laughs> um, but we we are about to see what's what's the deal here. Um, she wakes up in the basement. She's tied up in a, in a pentagram, and she gets to meet the the omens in in their cultist gear and. Their son is with them, who is obviously the, the pizza man and the Megan's murderer um, and mother. <laughs> they actually refer to this as mother. Yeah, this is the mother. Um, OK, you're you're OK. You're saying this is the mother that was upstairs. Yes. Um, who's real sensitive about um, being Eric Stoltz and mask. Um, <laughs> I love the same joke in my notes. <laughs> um and they, they perform this ceremony. <laughs> they perform this ceremony where it's, again, I think if this was like an actual 80s movie, this would be like maybe a little bit more explicitly sexual with some nudity here. Right. But this like sexual ceremony where they're they're dripping blood like on her privates and her underwear and on her belly. They're writing out symbols and they, they have an animal skull and they, they pour the, the mother's blood into her mouth, um, which is, you know, a nice, nice little, little gore effect here. Her, yeah, it's really gross. <laughs> barfing up all the blood and she's wearing a white smock and it's immediately like, you know, bright red yeah. <laughs> after all the it blood goes, is. Goes full flare. <laughs> um, but Satanists, they, they have a weakness. Lousy with nuts. They, um... <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I don't understand why they just don't take a like a correspondence course or something. <laughs> they, spend some time send, on the scouts. <laughs> send the rabbit around the tree one time and they call it a day. But yeah, we uh, she ends up getting loose and she's she manages to uh, like overpower or, all four of the people in the basement. <laughs> I, I think she startles them um, and she does she does stab Mr. Ullman. She has like a broken piece of something like ceramic or something that she's 
is able to stab him with. I think she uh, may get him with the the actual like ceremonial. Oh, the, da- the dagger. Yeah. Um, I don't. I didn't catch that when it actually happens, but later on when he pulls it out, you can see. Yeah. That is kind of a. <laughs> and then we get a real a real cool eye gouge here. The the sun um tries to stop her and and she gives him the thumb to the eye and just. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is something that's not used enough in close quarter combat. <laughs> I can't imagine anything that'd be more effective than this. Like, you know, a lot of people say, oh, go for the nuts. But, you know, when adrenaline's flowing, it's not going to slow you down all that much. But, you know, a thumb buried knuckle deep in your eye socket will sure do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a real it's a real gnarly cool effect. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love here that we get, uh, you know, again... If you've got a really good practical effect of, of a dead Megan, you gotta you gotta let it shine again. You gotta put it in the kitchen and let her trip over it. I do not know why they brought this body into the house. It's fine, don't worry about it. Part it's part of another ritual. <laughs> they're, queuing, they're queuing them up. Right. <laughs> um, this, this seems like a lot of work wonders. for no payoff. Uh yeah, the, the the sun tracks her down, and if uh, AJ Bowen's in your horror movie, he's gonna get his throat slit. <laughs> that's just that's just how math works. He shoots, he, yeah. He he's able to shoot Sam, um, and it, when he closes in for the kill, she's Looked in the she's, shoulder. Poor death perception. <laughs> Got to get close because of it. Uh, All she, makes sense. She 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 gets uh she's able to get get him to get close enough to to get that knife up. Yeah. Um. And then we get uh, mother chases her upstairs and, and bodies her. And we're at this point, we're starting to see like she's getting visions. She's like something happened during that ceremony. Yeah. Um, she has like, and, some, some hallucinations of something going on on her stomach. And like, yeah. she's definitely feeling some effects. It's going to work in spite of you, you little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then mother hears a growl, and uh, well, I should say Mrs. Ullman, not mother. It's, just, yeah. it's a different character. Uh, she hears the growl and, and turns to ask what what her dark lord wants. And turns her back on. I love how inept cultists are. <laughs> like you've already established that this person that you're trying to yeah. uh, do whatever your ritual is on has broken free of the shoddy knots that you've tied has stabbed your husband, has gouged the eye out of your son, and then slit his throat after being shot by him. So you think that just pushing her down to the ground and then turning your back on her is an okay idea? Well, I mean, I think the devil's pretty okay losing these people. <laughs> I think they're part of the plan's done. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm glad you guys did it, but you're, you're kind of fuck-ups. So. <laughs> Don't get just me wrong. Taking this, taking this opportunity to do a little house cleaning. I, I, I legit think that's the case. Um, <laughs> He's just like, I can't believe you fuckers succeeded, uh, but uh, <laughs> I don't need you. <laughs> There's no reason this worked. <laughs> um, but the um, she ends up like running from the house. Mr. Ullman's not dead though. He chases after her, and uh, you know they. Basically, it communicates to her that it's you're there's nothing you can do now. You can't stop it. And he, you could even she's got the gun. Like, she go ahead and kill me. Him. He's like, yeah, yeah I, my part is played. <laughs> like, I, I've seen what uh, what happened to the rest of my family. And yeah, I, <laughs> I get it. It makes sense. 
<laughs> but she's starting to have those visions again, and she knows like she that killing him won't solve anything. So she shoots herself in the head, and we get our sad happy ending, right? Yeah, so she solved the problem. <laughs> We've already seen what this gun can do to a head, so. <laughs> um, but no, we we get our we get our our postscript here where she's in the hospital and she's on life support and the the nurse comes in and says, Oh, you're going to be fine. Both of you and feels over the stomach and dun, dun, dun freeze frame. This uh, is this is the most unbelievable thing about this movie is I, there's no way she survives that gunshot to the head. But as a 1983 movie, you got to have a carry ending, Jed. I'm fine with that. I'm fine. with you <laughs> if You're going to go there, but you need to give me a little more than, she shot herself in the head in a remote graveyard way away from anyone else at the, the height of a full lunar eclipse and somehow managed to end up in a hospital alive. It was, it was the unimportant part of her head. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the part she wasn't using. <laughs> she just, she just shot through her cheeks. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Club. It, it's got the old school credit. We didn't mention it, but that the, the opening credits are also like super old school too. The, um, yeah, the House they, of the Devil's play. They like, hit every note correctly when it comes to trying to to nail this tone. Yes. So uh, I think with with that, unless there's like other specifics you kind of want to dive into, uh, you wanna you wanna hop up onto the sales floor? Yeah, we can uh, we can go see if I'm gonna buy this thing. Yeah. So I already kind of have the, the spoiler in my head, but, you know, time heals all wounds. Uh, yeah. Maybe talking about it again will change the result. Yeah. So last time we talked, you did not buy this movie. It was it was a little too slow for you. A little little too much of my uh, my Jeez, just spoil my it. part of this show. Why am well, I, I here? No, what I'm what I'm saying is this is where I can I can say was my salesmanship. Uh, days later, with some time to marinate, it wouldn't be the first opinion change, by the way. Or, or where were we at? I will say, my opinion and my stance upon this movie has softened in the you know five days or so since we originally tried to do this thing. Uh, but no, no, I, I'm still not buying. It. Oh, God damn it! <laughs> it's it's just, uh, it's the same it's the same thing. It's just too slow. I I really wish. Like, this movie would have been fine as, like, um, something the length of, like, the host that we watched earlier. You know, a, a yeah. about an hour, a little bit, maybe, you know, a little bit less than that. I don't, I don't feel like we needed all the establishing stuff leading up to the babysitting job. Like, I kind of feel like we could have had, oh, babysitter coming out to a job, red flags, she doesn't pay attention to it, then this stuff happens. And... You know, maybe they could have cut out some of the scenes where she is in a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, you're kind of saying the same thing there, which I, I did find. Uh, I think most people, like when they complain about the length, they're usually complaining about that that middle section of her exploring the house. And it's interesting to hear that you kind of going after the establishing stuff. I, I, I like a lot of that stuff. I think it really it establishes the stakes and gets you to like her. Cause she is a, she's a very sweet, likable character. Um, Here's the thing as, as I don't disagree with you. I think that for what it is, it's good. I don't think it's necessary. Yeah. I think she does a good enough job of establishing herself as a likable character, just in her performance, even without having all those other things like try, like we spend, 
I don't know, like what, five minutes or so at the very top of the movie uh, where she's in the apartment. And that's where we have E.T.'s mom. That's prime that, D. Wallace time, baby. Yeah, that's not I mean, other than the fact that we establish she's looking for an apartment that has no bearing on the rest of the film. We, I don't that scene doesn't need to be there whatsoever. It, it, it serves no purpose. <laughs> it, it gets you in the the frame of mind of spending a lot of time in the interior of a, of a property. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I know where your boner is, so <laughs> I get it. I know why you like it. But there's, there, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I think, like I said, I think yeah. her as a performer sells the idea of this, you know, babysitter in a bad situation enough to to sell the premise of the movie without having all that really slow establishing stuff and i'm not saying that what what that stuff is isn't good it's just because the rest of the movie is so drug out and so um you know s- slow paced that i don't know that's the word you're looking for suspenseful you're not wrong you are not wrong but it is very slow <laughs> It's, it's, I don't, it's Hitchcock's 15-minute clock, but it's, like, 40. <laughs> right. And I don't even hate the idea of, of spending that amount of time or, or trying to do that. I just – I don't think that they succeed completely in uh, in doing it. I, I just think it takes too long to get to where it's going. And, yeah, you do see the – you do see the little – like, the, the big red flags, like the – like, Megan getting shot or the, and the dead bodies upstairs. But there's so much space in between it, which – I think, like I said, I think if the stuff prior to actually arriving at the house wasn't there, I could swallow that amount of time being spent on it a little bit easier. Okay. It's well, just I, I don't I I don't want to beat this up so much, but it it really does feel like a lot of that stuff doesn't need to spend so much time to to get the result that they want of establishing her as you know a good person who wants to get out of the situation she's in and is taking this job to do so. But then we lose cinema gold, like the, uh, the, the roommate's boyfriend rolling off of her and giving her the, how you doing? Well, <laughs> you know, well, you know, I forgot about that. Uh, I'm sold on this movie now. <laughs> so I got a crispy to hand out. Um, and uh, Jocelyn Donahue really puts in a lot of work as, a, as the final girl. Like, she rides solo for, like, the second act of this movie. Um, but, man, you had Greta Gerwig and just an early performance in her career before she went on to win an Oscar, just become a triple threat actress, writer, director. Uh, and she's a scene stealer as Megan. Uh, psych, it's it's Jocelyn Donahue. Um, it's it's the first one. I, I always go with the second one. And so, yeah, so, yeah. You got me. You got me. <laughs> I didn't expect it, even after knowing it was going to happen. <laughs> I zagged on you. Now it's uh, it's actually time to talk a little bit about next time, and this is my opportunity to actually see if you're going to zag on me, because uh, we we played a little game last time. We're going to play that same game again, and it's the Fourth uh, of July USA Challenge. It's the next big major holiday. I'm trying to be more timely with the things I pick out. All right. Um. So this is our USA Challenge, which is I'm gonna I have six iconic American cities. Um, and there's a horror movie that I've associated with each one of those cities. However, because all games must have an element of danger, um, of those six cities, there's two that are not made by Americans. Because the only people who love America more than Americans are Italian and Canadian filmmakers. 
I, I, I knew the Italian would come. We had that discussion several times. <laughs> well, even like the the Canadians with the uh, with Black Christmas when they they go to the police station and it's like just tiny American flags on all the desks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's authentic man i don't know what you're talking about it's <laughs> just the, their great love of their of their neighbors to the south um so i'm gonna name six cities and and one of them is a canadian uh u.s collaboration uh great movie by the way i think uh, all which these are, are fun these the, the canadian one um no the i mean Italian which, which one, movie which one, which one of these choices is that one well that's 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 the game oh uh i misunderstood the, <laughs> the the Italian one is another. I promise you, it's not Cruel Jaws level, but it is an Italian ripoff movie. It's a it's a ripoff of a of a a more famous movie. Um, so you're ready for your cities? You ready to play? You ready to see what's behind the door? Hit me. All right. Uh, so our first city is New York City, baby, and uh, big big Italian American population there with there'd probably be a lot of connections for uh, an italian film to get made there don't you think that's that's mm, fair to say mm. um, stereotypical <laughs> we also have los angeles we just did a los angeles movie we did the invitation but what bigger feather in the cap would there be for uh for a foreign nation to come into the the heart of american filmmaking and and make an iconic movie there um, we also have New Orleans, um, French speaking city. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, uh, certain parts of a certain Northern neighbor. Right. Yeah. All right. Um, we got, we got San Francisco. Maybe, maybe the Italians are coming to, to take back a restaurant. Uh, and... oh, you can't, no, you can't say that. It's <laughs> <laughs> not okay. Um, we got we got Seattle. That's that's uh, pretty close to that border. That's uh, Vancouver lurking nearby. Um, and then also our last city, also man, really close to that border. We have Detroit. Detroit's right right near Toronto. Man, hmm, hmm, hmm. this is impossible. <laughs> what city do you choose? Nolens. Awesome. Okay, so you you have successfully avoided the the Canadian and Italian movie, um, and you've picked I've the. I've solved your racist puzzle. <laughs> These are movies made by. Okay, uh, we're gonna do Angel Heart. The uh, Bobby De Niro and Mickey Rourke star in it, along with Lisa Bonet. Um, awesome, awesome movie. I can't wait to do it with you. It's a, a noir horror movie. So. Pretty, I pretty sweet. Surprised to hear that De Niro did a horror film. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good turn too. Um, this prime De Niro, or uh, you know, oh this is this for paychecks in comedy films, De Niro. <laughs> this is late '80s De Niro, so this, oh, it, 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 that's also uh, a good sign for for Mickey Rourke being in the movie too. By the way. <laughs> um so i believe last time i didn't actually reveal what the other movies were which has ended up being kind of serendipitous so um these are what you would have gotten you would have gotten a new york american movie you would have gotten basket case uh los angeles american movie you would have gotten the movie starry eyes all right Uh, san francisco secret italian movie you'd have gotten beyond the door the uh the exorcist ripoff okay um 
briefly uh, used a picture from this on our Facebook site. It's the, the little boy drinking from a can of Campbell's soup. Um, <laughs> Is that where that's from? Yes. Uh, Seattle, that was our Canadian movie. That was uh, The Changeling with uh, with uh, with uh, George C. Scott. Okay. Um, and Detroit would have been It Follows. Better. American movie. <laughs> I've heard of two of those. <laughs> what was the, I'm guessing It Follows, what's the other one you've heard of? Basket case. Basket case, cool. Okay. We'll we'll probably get around to those at some point. <laughs> I I you know what? I think I actually started to watch It Follows a couple of years ago. Oh, nice. But I did yeah. not finish it. <laughs> it did not follow. <laughs> it wasn't anything to do with the quality of the film or anything like that. I think I just something interrupted me like 20 minutes in and I never got around to going back to it. <laughs> Did you like somebody came in like, what are you watching? I don't know, but they're showing it after this. <laughs> <laughs> that is a dumb, dumb, dumb joke. <laughs> I'm a dad now. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I am not your son. <laughs> I don't want your life. <laughs> I am also a dad and I'm calling you out on that one. <laughs> All right, business side. Business side. We're, we're going right. on. Um, so if uh, you want to reach out to us, please reach out to us on Twitter at Scream Selling. Uh, join the Facebook group, um, just Selling the Scream. We'll send us a, a request. We'll, we'll invite you in. Um, email is SellingTheScream at Gmail. Um, if you have it in your heart to help us out, um, the, the best way to do that is to leave us a review on the podcatcher of your choice. Um, iTunes Drive is the most traffic. Um if you do have a bad review, this actually it wasn't in, in the iOS agreement, but I just, you know, Jed's such a good friend of mine that if you put up a bad review, I'm just going to go all around iTunes and pull them all down. So. I, <laughs> I hate that I took so long to get that joke the first time we did it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, next time we'll do uh, we'll do Angel Heart. So until then. Thank you for tuning in, and bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, thank you.